0: her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your Sunday is going well, and again, I like to think that you're listening to this show and it's going to truly help you have a better week, and that it's helping you have a better life and be the best version of who you are. I have a lot of faith in people, and I have wonderful people in my life, and I have wonderful people on my caseload, even if all of us are wounded, dysfunctional, struggling, whatever it is. So this show today I thought might be very helpful, and I I, uh, entitled it The Repeat Offender. And to forgive or not to forgive, that's the question. So I'm sure you can relate to me that forgiveness is a difficult concept. It's a difficult action to take. We enjoy being forgiven by people. But the forgiveness issue is tough. And so first and foremost, we have to realize and accept that if we're struggling with forgiveness, there most certainly is something to forgive. First and foremost, I don't want you to feel like you have to justify your hurt. You know, whatever hurts us, it hurts us. And so we don't have to necessarily explain it and justify it to people. You need to take it seriously yourself. That doesn't mean that I want you to revel in it. And embellish it and make it part of your identity. What it means is that I want you to honor how you responded or reacted to whatever offense you experienced from any given person. And so forgiveness is not an easy endeavor to undertake. Regardless of the size of the offense, forgiveness is truly the only path to healing and freedom. So whether it's the person that cut you off on the highway, or whether it's the person that stole your retirement from you. Either way, the only way to heal, the only way to get freedom, is to forgive. So when we think about this, you know, I, I, I thought about forgiveness, and it came to me that there's a whole different, there's a lot of different types of forgiveness. And I don't, and, and so I want you to think about this. You know, the first one, the best case scenario is that the person comes to you and admits that what they did was wrong and asks you for forgiveness. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if everyone just did that? It's probably rare, but it's wonderful when the person actually takes the initiative and makes it happen, and you don't have to chase them down. So think about this. Second case. You go to them, and before you can say anything... They say, I know why you're here, and I know what I need to say to you. And it's, I'm sorry. I should have come to you sooner. I didn't know how. I'm sorry you had to come find me. Please forgive me for whatever the incident was. So that's still a really good case scenario. Well, let's look at the third case. You go to them. They avoid you. You go to them again and they say something like, do you need something? And you say, yes, we need to talk about the incident. It hurt my feelings. And they say, "Uh, I know I need to talk to you, but I didn't know when it would actually be able to work it out. So, so I've been kind of, you know, not available. And so you want to say to this person, so you've known that you needed to reconcile with me, but you've been waiting for me to come and talk to you. And you're telling me that, The reason you didn't come and talk to me is because you just didn't really know what to do and didn't know how to work it out. So you just hoped maybe it would go away. So how about this one? Maybe you've experienced this scenario. You go to them after they've been avoiding you. You finally get them in a place to talk. You address what happened, and they first deny it. Then they minimize it. And then they might give you a really feeble, yeah, okay, well, I'm really sorry that you got your feelings hurt, um, but I think you're making a big deal out of nothing. You know, what do you want me to do about it now, now that it's over? So if you've ever experienced that one, that's like insult to injury, right? It makes it worse. So how about this? This happens in your group. So you're in a group of people, maybe it's a family, maybe it's work, maybe it's your neighborhood. And so the person won't admit it or acknowledge it, and they start chatting up everybody else in the group and being their best friend, so it makes it really hard to talk to anybody about the transgression and what they did. But you still have friends in the group, and maybe you can explain to them. Maybe they'll be sympathetic to you, but they might say, oh, come on, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe the group is big enough that you might not see that person every single time that people get together, like a work environment or a social group you're involved in or church. But it's like you still have that anxiety when you think about going to an event or going to that place and saying, you know, what if I run into that person? And they just ignore me or they act like everything's fine. They've told everybody their version of the story. They've never come and talked to me. And so I feel like I have to justify my hurt. Well, how about this last one? And I would say this might be the worst case scenario. Your family, all right? Let's say one of your siblings, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, really does you wrong. Pretends like nothing happened and nobody in your family wants to talk about it. But they expect you to show up at every family event and be happy. But it always feels weird. But you seem to be the only one with the problem. So it starts to hurt not just from the original offender, but now the entire group. See, it's different if you say, you know what? I'm going to change churches. I'm going to get a new job. I don't need these people. I have my own people. So whatever. But this is your family. So it starts to really hurt, not just from the original offense, but the entire group. I might feel even more alone, even more hurt, and actually a little bit crazy. Like, am I just too sensitive? Did I misread this? Am I the one that did something wrong? Am I making a bigger deal out of this than I should? Then I start thinking, you know, why can everybody else be okay with this person? They know what that person did. It's not like it's a secret. And they just kind of pretend like it didn't happen either. So maybe, you know, you get this impression, maybe I just need to get over myself, right? Well, this this is really tough. And I really understand. I've had these, you know, all those situations, all those scenarios I just explained. I've experienced them all. And it really is tough. This last one is really tough. So let's ask ourselves a few questions. These help us to know if we really have an issue, right? So how do I know I need to forgive? Well, if you're thinking about it. If you told somebody else about it. If you can't let it go, all right? That means you probably need to go through the forgiveness process. Do I need to tell the person I forgave them? not necessarily. So you may depending on the level of health in the group, right? It may be healthier for you to do it on your own or with a safe person and you determine how you want to re-enter the group and if you if you actually do. So what if you don't like the person to begin with? <laughs> right? I mean sometimes you have people in your group, especially family that you would have never picked anyways and then they actually really hurt you and really offend you and nobody else in the group wants to acknowledge it. And so it's really tough to work on forgiveness when you didn't even like them to begin with, right? So what if they don't want to admit the offense? And what if I don't want to admit the offense? Well, what I say to clients oftentimes and what I've reminded myself of. I don't really have to tell anybody about the offense. The only time I need to talk about the offense is if it's getting in the way of me relating to people that have nothing to do with it. So has it caused me to lose trust in humans? Has it caused me to become judgmental? Has it changed my my, uh, temperament, my personality, the way I interact with people? Has it caused me to get into some maybe self-medicating behaviors, right? This is what happens if I want to deny the effect. See, if nobody's going to acknowledge it and it seems like nobody cares, then maybe I'll just deny it too and it will just go away. I wish that were true. So what if I think I'm to blame for being hurt? Well, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about what happens when you think somehow that, well, maybe I deserved it. Maybe I'm the jerk. Everybody else likes the person, so maybe I'm the one that that messed up. And maybe I caused the problem, and, and I'm to blame for why they hurt me. And so these are all kind of what we would call defense mechanisms. Because they're helping us initially, but they're helping us not to really deal with the issue. So I really understand these. I've done all of them. I understand them very well. They make sense. They're logical in a lot of ways. They're just not helpful. They might be helpful in the moment. They might give you a little bit of relief. But truly, when you've been hurt, when you've been offended, when, when you have been mistreated by someone that you assumed was a safe person, And nobody else in the group wants to acknowledge it either. It's incredibly lonely. It's incredibly crazy making. And it adds insult to injury. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of what are the ways, the thoughts or methods I might use to avoid forgiving. Why might I do that? welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking today about repeat offenders or repeat offenses. And this has has a lot to do with the forgiveness issue that we when we have been harmed, when we've been done wrong, how do we handle that? And do we have people in our life that are repeat offenders? They just keep doing the same thing Even if I've confronted them, and maybe even if I haven't confronted them, I may have an assumption that, gosh, you would think people would know not to do that. So how do we forgive? How do we deal with the fact that maybe we don't want to forgive? So one of the things that we talked a lot about in this first segment was, why would I need to forgive? And forgiveness really is the only way to freedom and peace. I wish there were another way. I would have found it, because forgiveness is tough, especially when it's really personal. And the hardest scenario—this is what we talked about in that last segment—is—is is when you're a part of a group, like a your neighborhood. Um, it's a group of moms. It's it's your basketball team that you play every you know, every Saturday morning. It's you know your church. It's work. You know you have a really tight group at work and somebody really harms you hurts you offends you won't admit it won't talk about it and nobody else wants to deal with it either so it's a very lonely feeling as well so what are some ways or thoughts or methods that I might use to then avoid forgiving because maybe I'm just going to stay there you know my body's going to be there But I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to let anybody in. I'm going to shut people out. I'm just going to do my deal because I'm not going to risk getting hurt because now I can't trust the group. And especially this is difficult if it's your family. So what do we do? Well, we may go into denial, just pretend like it didn't really happen, like everybody else is. We may deny it by minimizing it so that we make it a lot smaller than maybe what it really is, and maybe we shame ourselves or abandon ourselves by saying, you know, you're making a big deal out of nothing. Everybody else is okay, just get over it. Well, maybe we're going to take some time, and that's a pretty healthy one. This one's not so healthy, I just start avoiding. Now, there may be a healthy version of avoiding, and that usually is verbalizing why you're avoiding so you may need to tell the neighborhood group you may need to tell the group of moms that you're with you may need to tell the dudes that you play basketball with that you know what i'm not going to play with that guy anymore and this is why and that that is different than just simply avoiding but not telling anybody how about the misuse of christianity how many people are told that you have to forgive right right Well, one of the things that we really understand about forgiveness, whether you are a spiritual person or not, is that forgiveness is always good for the soul. Forgiveness is the thing that sets you free, that allows you to start healing, allows you to have some healthy distance from what the offense was. So sometimes we might also do this. We might create walls instead of boundaries. So what does that look like? Well, a wall means that I won't acknowledge you. I'm not giving you any part of my heart. I'm not going to have any positive interaction with you, but I am going to be there. That's different than a boundary. A boundary says I can go to the event knowing that that person is going to be there and choose who I'm going to spend time with. I'm an adult. I can leave at any time. So I have a lot more control over things when I set boundaries. How about we start to rationalize, which is kind of like denial. We just kind of say to ourselves, you know, let's just, whatever, just get over it. I need to get over myself, whatever. And we start pretending. Well, what if we think this? What if we get into judgment? I'm not going to forgive because they don't deserve it. Well, I don't know if anybody deserves forgiveness. (laughs) I really don't. I do know that people need it and that it's important in society and in any kind of uh, group system that forgiveness is used, not overused and not used inappropriately. So I may need to forgive someone for my own sake. It may not restore the relationship. So let's look at some arenas about forgiveness. The first arena is forgiving others. So this may include entities, may include a company. It may include your family system, may include, like we talked about, your neighborhood, your church. It may include someone that's deceased. It may include icons, maybe people in in society that you look up to people that are in office, people that own companies, people that that maybe are performers or athletes. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to talk to them, but for your own freedom, you may have to forgive that. You may have to say, you know what? I think I was making, depending too much on this person's performance to make my life work instead of working on my own. So how about this one? We do need to forgive ourselves. The past, the present, future, me. The me, myself, and I. So there are many things that we need to forgive ourselves for. And I don't ever want you to think you have to justify it. Some people, you may say, I need to forgive myself for ABC. And they may say, why? That's not a big deal. But if it's a big deal to you, if you, if you transgressed yourself, if you let yourself down if you led yourself in a way that you knew you should never go, if you allowed yourself to do something that you really regret and you know is not right, you allowed yourself to act in a way or talk about something, maybe you did it with money. Maybe you you did it the way you drive. Maybe it's the books you read. Maybe it's what you do online. Either way, one of the most important arenas when it that requires forgiveness is forgiving self. This third one is tough too. This is forgiving God, and this forgiveness has a lot to do with who we think he should be, who he would be, who he ought to be, and then what happens with the church and so we can kind of globalize and hold God responsible for all kinds of things. Thankfully, he can take it. But sometimes we need to forgive God. That doesn't mean that God did anything wrong. It means that I got my feelings hurt on God. I wanted him to do a particular thing, act a particular way, change something, do something for me, give me some type of a feeling that I wanted. And he didn't. So I feel like he let me down. So that spiritual part of you, that's a relationship issue. So whoever it is that you think God is, it's a relationship. And that has to be contended with because that goes with you everywhere you go. So you can't necessarily walk away from that because that's in, it's, in, it's in you. So this is what I want you to think about. What are the arenas that I have to contend with? Who, who are the others that I need to forgive? What do I need to forgive about myself? My past? How do I need to forgive God? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. This is our next half hour. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that this is a great way to start your week. And the topic that I really, I don't know, felt really compelled to talk about is this issue of forgiveness. And I spoke in the beginning of the segment about the different scenarios where we have to forgive. And, and the, the best case scenario is, is when the person comes to you And admits what they did and asks you for forgiveness. Oh, gosh, isn't that wonderful, right? Because usually what happens when when someone does that, we go, oh, don't worry about it. Just forget about it. It's not a big deal. And it might have been a really big deal. But because of the way they handled it, it fixed a whole bunch of things. Well, let's talk about this next one. This is still kind of good, but it's not as great. So you go to them, and before you can say anything, they look at you and they say, You know, I've been needing to talk to you. I should have come sooner, but I need to say I'm sorry. I didn't know how to do it, and I'm sorry that you had to come to me first. But I really want to fix it if I can. Awesome. <clears throat> that, that's, that's, that, I'll, I'll take that one any day. So how about the third one? You go to them, they avoid you, you go to them again, and they look at you still in denial and say, yeah, is there something, what's up, what's going on? And you say, yes, there is something going on, there is something up. We need to talk about the incident the other night, last week, last year, whatever it is that has never been resolved. It really hurt my feelings, and I need to talk about it with you. And they might say something like, you know, I know I needed to talk to you when I didn't know how to work it out. I kind of walked away from it and I kind of ignored it and thought, since you never said anything, it was okay. Oh, oh All right, it's kind of plausible. It's a lot of rationalization. It doesn't make for a, a bad person necessarily, right? How about the fourth one? You go to them after they've been avoiding you. You finally get them in a place to talk, you address what happened and what do they do? They deny it first, then they minimize it. See, that's the painful, really painful thing. They start to tell you that you are too emotional, that you're making a bigger deal out of it than it was, that you need to just get over yourself and wow, there's bigger things happening in the world than this. Whatever so they use all their energy to deflect, to avoid, right? To minimize. And they say, hey, I'm really sorry I you got your feelings hurt, but I think you're making a big deal out of nothing. But, hey, if you need me to apologize, okay, I'm sorry. Wow, I would have rather <laughs> not have done any of it. That one hurts. How about this last one, though? This is the one that we're really talking about. The worst-case scenario It's your family. And someone in the family really hurt you, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin mom, dad, grandparents, whoever it was, brother, sister. And so they all pretend like nothing happened. And nobody in your family wants you to talk about it. But they expect you to show up at every family event and be happy, right? But it always feels weird, not just from the original offense and the original offender, but now the entire group, it feels uncomfortable. So then you start to say to yourself, am I just too sensitive? Am I making a bigger deal out of this than there should be? Everybody else seems okay with this person. Maybe I'll just let it go. I need to, I'll just pretend like nothing's wrong and I just need to get over myself. So lots of, of defense mechanisms that end up happening when we have that kind of dysfunction because it doesn't leave us very many options. So I want you to remember more than anything, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Okay? It's just, it's that simple. If somebody hurts my feelings, I didn't choose the feeling. I, I remind clients every day, if I could choose my feelings, I'd be happy all the time. But a feeling is just a response to whatever you're experiencing in the world. Some things hurt some people some ways. Some don't get hurt by those things. So a lot of our hurt is unique to who we are. So we need to honor the feeling. It doesn't mean I believe the feeling, right? But I do honor the feeling. If I honor the feeling, I'll be able to get past it sooner. I'll have a clearer mind as to how to handle that hurt. But if I deny it, it gets bigger. Because that feeling, that hurt feeling, will be attended to. It will make sure that you attend to it. It won't just go away. So this is important when we're recognizing, wow, if I'm in a family system, if I'm in a work environment, if I'm in a church, if I'm in a neighborhood, I'm on a team, and there's a repeat offender, that no matter how many times I try to work it out with them, they just won't. Well, this is something that we're going to talk about in the next section. Join me in the next hour as I talk more about repeat offenders. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out social media. We are all on Instagram and Facebook. There's lots of uh, podcasts that you can also podcast servers that the show is on that you can listen to those. So I really encourage you to take advantage of the social media that we are providing for you. I have great assistants that are just phenomenal, and I, I appreciate them tremendously. So make sure that that you show up. We like to see you in the social media realm and what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what you want more of. So we are talking about this issue of forgiveness and repeat offenders. And it's, it's complicated. It's difficult and it's very painful. And this, this thing is really, really important to recognize how to deal with when you are in any type of a group a social system that could be your family, could be your work arena, could be your church, could be your neighborhood, maybe you're on a team, whatever it may be. Moms it's from school, whatever that group is, it's very important to understand what happens in groups and how to manage if someone in the group offended or keeps offending. And so how do we do this? So forgiveness is really about reconciliation, all right? Forgiveness is about, I want to make sure that there's not this big gap in between us. So let me just speak on that for a minute, because there are some people that I forgive that I will not reconstruct a relationship with. I forgive them in that way to set them free, and I forgive them to set me free. But that doesn't mean I'm going to continue in relationship with them. And that's always a very viable decision to make because that may be that that person isn't safe enough to be in relationship with. And if you continue to be in relationship with them, your soul becomes contaminated and dark and angry and more easily offended. So you have to kind of be careful about these things. So think about forgiveness toward reconciliation. And see, that's a different one than forgiveness that simply means we forgive because we've been forgiven. So it's wonderful to have both, but it's not always possible and it's not always wise. So when it's a family member, let's talk about that that system. Because all the other systems are sort of similar. But this can be far more complicated than forgiving friends or co-workers or neighbors or peers. Primarily because we cannot write them off avoid them or ignore them very well it's not as easy to do that when you are in a family system and see since they are most likely allowed expected and maybe even encouraged to attend family events so if the offender is allowed in the system it makes it really difficult So this is what's going to happen. Now, you may be able to avoid the individual by not attending a certain family event. However, you will most likely still continue to hear about this person and have to contend with the fact that other family members may not have problems with them and may even seem to like them. Furthermore, you may receive pressure and judgment to just get over whatever the original offense was. Now, I wish it were that easy. But see, forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Forgiveness does not mean agreeing. Forgiveness does not mean changing or denying what happened. So it can feel very lonely and very crazy-making if the offense is continually denied and minimized. So this requires educating yourself and understanding that there are differing degrees of intimacy. That relationships are rarely black and white, and typically there are many shades of gray at any given time. So family is very complex, and sadly, it can be quite complicated. So I want you to think about this idea of shades of gray. Let's see, as, as we grow in life and get older, let's say maybe a sibling that we grew up with we hated, but, all of a, but as life has gone on, they've kind of matured, grown up. Maybe I kind of like them now. Well, what if it's the other way around? What if I had an aunt or a cousin or a sibling that I really, really liked, really connected with, and as they grew up, they became someone that I'm not interested in being with? And that's tough in a family because it might mean that the other family members don't understand it. They may have a different version of that person. They may have experienced her differently or him differently. And so this is why we have to remind ourselves that family is very complex and that the goal for you individually is that you be the person that God has called you to be and that you do the hard things that you need to do in order to make sure that you're not tempted to go to the dark side, which is so easy and so familiar and initially feels really good, especially when we're hurt. And one of the biggest hurts that we can have relationally is not being validated. If we can't convince people of the hurt. See, it's one thing to be hurt and have everybody say, yeah, I get it. Wow, I would feel that way too. I'm sorry that that happened to you. That sucks, whatever it is. But if people are like, hey, get over it. What are you talking about? I don't think that's what really happened. That makes the hurt bigger. So let's think about this. Forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is people, upon rationally determining that they have been unfairly treated, forgive when they willfully abandon resentment and related responses. And they endeavor to respond to the wrongdoer based on the moral principle of beneficence, and that includes compassion, unconditional worth, generosity, moral love, to which the wrongdoer, by nature of the hurtful acts, really has no right to. Wow, I mean, that sounds lovely. Wow. That's tough when you've been hurt, and when you're repeatedly hurt. So what I want you to think about is that when you are unfairly treated, and when you have a right to be offended, what you want to say to yourself is, I need to learn to live in the shades of gray. So if that person was really high on the white side before and not on the dark side, maybe I need to say to myself, I need to revisit and relook at my impression or my judgment of this person. Maybe as they have grown and changed, they have become someone that I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't want to be in relationship with. And I have to grieve that process of saying, I've lost that person that used to just be, wow, so much a part of me and my life. And I would think about him and have good thoughts. And I thought we would be friends forever, that, you know, we'd all grow old together and we'd interact with each other and our kids and all kinds of fun family things. And now I find that I can't do that. So I need to reevaluate. The relationship I'm going to have with this person. The only way to change that status is to go through the grief and loss process of who that person is not going to be for you. And so forgiveness is not pardon. It's not like legal mercy or leniency. It's not condoning or excusing. And sometimes it's not even reconciliation. So you can come together again and still not forgive. See, reconciliation can mean a lot of different things. Think about in business. I can reconcile with a particular provider that is really necessary for my business, but we're not going to be friends anymore. So I can work with them, but we're not going to be friends. So justification. See, you can forgive someone, but it doesn't mean that you believe the action was fair. So you're not justifying their behavior if you forgive them. How about forgetting? I don't know who was able to forget, right? Wouldn't that be nice if we could all forget? See, if you forgot what the person did, though, it might leave you vulnerable to being offended again. So many times, God wants us to remember, because this is one of the ways that humans or mammals learn. We remember that when I touched the stove with my finger, it burned them. So I don't do that again. So one of the things that we learn about people is that maybe they are changing and I need to adjust to who they are today. So maybe that's not who they were in high school. But maybe whatever's gone on in life, whatever's happened to them, has changed them in some ways that don't work for me. So I may need to grieve that so that I can adjust to who this person is in this time. So that I don't continually get hurt by who they're not and who they used to be and who I want them to be. I can say, you know, this is really who this person is. And if I'm going to have to interact with them on a kind of a regular basis, they're a part of this group and I don't want to leave the group, then I need to adjust my expectations. I need to stop being shocked and surprised every time they do something bad, nasty, ugly, mean, And think, I can't believe they're acting that way. It's like, well, why can't I believe that? That's what they have been doing for how many years? Maybe they weren't that way in high school. Maybe that's the way they are now. So I need to adjust and accept who the person is. So forgiveness is also not balancing the scales. It's not getting back at someone. That's not forgiving. So it's letting time heal the wound. See, forgiving is active rather than passive. Forgiveness means the same way if I break a bone, I'm careful how much weight I put on it until it's fully healed. So if someone in my family, in my work arena, neighborhood, whatever it is, hurts me deeply, then I may create some distance for a time until I can reenter that arena and just be polite and not be like affected every time I see that person. So I may need to take some time and let that wound heal before I re-enter that system again. So it's also not possessing positive feelings. See, forgiveness doesn't necessarily give us positive feelings about the person. It just simply sets us free. I wish it caused me to love them again. But what I want you to understand is the way to be loved by people is simply to be lovable. I say this to people all day, every day. You want to be loved? Be lovable. Why are you making it so hard for people to love you? So this is where you have to understand that this doesn't necessarily mean that you love them and you have all these wonderful positive feelings about them. It means that you've forgiven them. So you're free. You're moving on. So if the offender is unrepentant, you must still forgive or you will be poisoned by the unforgiveness and that will change you. You need to practice healthy boundaries so as not to let the fact that another family member may have had or has a different experience of that person who hurt you. I don't want you to steal from that person what they're experiencing. If it's not received or desired from the offender, it'll hurt him or her more than it could ever hurt you. So I want you to understand this is an adult thing. This is tough. This is not, we're not going to have that little inner child part of us do this. The adult part of us says, I can put this person in a grayer part so that I can be around them. I can interact with them. I can even be polite to them. But they're not going to get my heart. Not again. I learned. I learned. And I have wisdom now. And that wisdom did not turn in to walls or hatred. So I so appreciate you listening today because this stuff is really hard. It's much easier to forgive someone that you don't ever have to see again. But I want you to take very seriously. The better you forgive you for whatever, how minor or major it is, the better you will manage forgiving others. So thank you for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a blessed week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights On how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician.
2: Hey everybody, Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. In fact, over 1 million homeowners took advantage of refinancing or buying a new home with Rocket Mortgage. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase again. And it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. With an official mortgage review from Rocket Mortgage, you'll see just how much money you could save by making a move right now. Don't look back over these next few weeks and wish that you had taken action. You could save hundreds on your mortgage payments or pay off your home loan earlier than planned. You could even take cash out of your home to pay off high-interest debt, complete home repairs, or bulk up on an emergency fund. When you want to secure a low rate, Rocket can. Call 833-8ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030.